Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brightfield Show. I am your host, Riley Brightfield. This is a show where we talk about pretty much whatever I feel the need to talk about. College football, horrible gambling advice, whatever's going on in the world, whatever kind of drama, the stuff that I love, the stuff that I hate. I rank stuff. I share my thoughts. It's everything you want it to be, but it doesn't have it, you know? I don't that doesn't make sense, nor should it make sense, but that's just what the case is in this situation. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. I hope that you're having a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. If you listen in the afternoon, I don't know when you listen. If you do listen, who knows? But I hope you had a good Thanksgiving holiday. Lots of good stuff happened. I mean, wait, today's Thursday. Holy, never mind. I got my days mixed up. I hope you're ready for the weekend, I guess. I thought that today was Tuesday, but today's Thursday. I got to stop smoking pot, man. I get myself confused way too often. But yeah, anyways, today we're going to be uh, talking a lot of news, a lot of stuff's been going on today throughout the world, all sorts of different stuff, you name it, it seems to be going on. Going to stick with the normal, you know, my top 10 favorite college football games of the weekend, and perfect number, there's 10 conference championships up for grab this weekend, so nothing more perfect than being able to talk about all 10. Some of them I don't really know too much about, but I'll do my best. And then a couple... My favorite NFL games of the weekend, and then obviously one love, one hate, squeeze right there in the middle. Um, let's have a, let's have a, let's have a show. Currently, I am sitting here talking nonsense to myself. I have the Thursday night football game on. You know, Bills Patriots here. We'll see what happens. I think the Bills are going to pull this one out. We'll see. I mean, if Mac Jones and the Patriots are good, man. They're trying to fight for a playoff spot still. So who knows what's going to happen with them. I just don't have a lot of faith in Mac Jones. I've never liked him. I always thought he was just a system quarterback at Alabama. Every quarterback at Alabama was a system quarterback until Bill O'Brien became the offensive coordinator pretty much. But that's beside the point, you know. Biggest news, in my opinion, that's came out over the past couple of days, it has to be the Coswell playoff is finally expanding to 12 teams starting in 2024 and 2025. They have deals laid out for the bowl games. That's why it's – only says 24 and 25 just because of the bowl game rights or something like that. So that's exciting. I'm I'm super excited about that. I've been I've been clamoring for a bigger playoff for as long as I can remember. I've never understood just the two teams. I still don't understand the four teams when there's only five power conferences and then we have a four team playoff. It's never made sense to me. But whatever. Beside the point, I'll probably talk a lot more about it. You know, a couple of these conference championship games would mean a little bit more this weekend if that was the case but i'm excited i think it's going to be good for college football i think so many more games are going to matter throughout the year you know it's it's like you lose one game okay you still have a chance you lose two you know you're pretty much out of it for the four team but a three team it's like if you're sitting there with three losses you're sitting on the outside looking in and you're about to win your conference championship possibly or you know Somebody falls, you get their fourth loss or whatever. Your resume looks better head-to-head or something like that. I think ultimately it's going to mean more. I mean, a lot of these conference championship games don't mean a lot this weekend. So I think it's going to be the right move. I think it's going to, you know, you're going to get rid of seeing all those. I mean, you're going to start seeing it right now. People are going to be hitting the transfer portal. I mean, kids are going to be opting out of bowl games. They're opting out to prepare for the draft, and everyone's going to be, like, up in the air I think you'll see a lot less of that, you know. I mean, kids are going to want to play more because if you have a fighting chance to go and win a national championship, why not give it a go? Where if you're playing in some bowl game that doesn't mean anything to anybody but the fans really, or I don't even think it means anything to the fans. It means nothing to nobody. Games don't matter. You're not going to play in that. You're going to prepare yourself for the draft. You're going to 
transfer. You know, you're not going to do, you're not going to waste your time. I so I think it's I think it's the right move. We're going to see a lot more competition. I think, and that the way that college football played out this year, the field was so leveled. I mean, it was felt like even playing field all year. I still don't have an honest opinion about who's going to win the Natty. And I'm sure most of the country feels that way. I think people think it's going to be Georgia, but in my opinion, Georgia is easily beatable. We'll see. I'm obviously excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome for the sport of college football. I think it's going to better the game, you know. And then you think about it. To me, it's always been weird because this is obviously F- FBS, and then there's the second level, the FCS, that they have a 2014 playoff. If they can do it, why can't, you know, the big dogs? Well, what does what does the pro league do? Oh, they do an even longer season, and they have the same size playoff. Well, not now, but in the future, you know what I mean? So, to me, I think it's the right move. I think it's just going to – it's it's pointless to me to only have two or four teams competing for a national championship because at some point somebody's going to pull that upset. So, it's well worth it in my opinion. Sticking with some college football here, a um, little bit of bad negative news. Mickey Joseph, interim head coach at Nebraska, was arrested for, uh, what was it, suspicion of strangulation and domestic violence. Um, I read the little article about it. Police were called for domestic violence or disturbance or something. They went in, and after further investigations, they found out it was Mickey Joseph, you know. That Nebraska job will do crazy things to him, man, I guess is all I got to say. His career is probably shot, more than likely. I mean, if they... Seemed like they had gathered evidence over a couple days or weeks even to where it was pretty concrete that it was him. So bad deal for him, you know. Hopefully he gets the help that he help that he needs. Sticking at the college level, Jalen Kitna, backup quarterback for the Florida Gators and son of NFL quarterback John Kitna, was arrested for having possession of child pornography. So it's just, yeah. Gross deal. That has no place in this world. I talk about it all the time. I don't know what was wrong with that young man, but something's obviously wrong with him. I hope that he gets the time that he deserves. It's a pretty gross situation, but hopefully he gets what he deserves, I guess. Antonio Brown, though, is a whole other story compared to these two. Well, not really. Jalen Kitten is way worse. Antonio Brown had a warrant out for his arrest for, I believe, domestic violence. Um, and it's been reported over the past couple hours that he's in a standoff with the police. Um, he has guns in his house. Um, yeah, wild situation, horrible situation. But I mean, what a what a fall from grace that man had, dude. He, he I hope that he gets the help that he needs. He's fallen so far off the wagon, you know. And I can easily transition into fucking Kanye, man. Talk about another guy that's completely fallen off the wagon. Just who's on Alex Jones show, Info Wars. And uh, Alex Jones had said something about, you know, you're not Hitler, you're not a Nazi, and Kanye came back with, you know, just continuing to be the stupidest person alive, it seems like, saying that, well, you know, every every person has value. Hitler Hitler valued what happened in this world and didn't say that he was a great guy necessarily, but it really came off that he was like, because he said something along the lines, I, sh- I should have put it down, like that Hitler did some good things, I think is, was the exact quote. Just an absolute blunder. You don't fucking say something like that because, for one, it's not true. You can't just say that about somebody who murdered millions of people and tried to take over the entire world. So, yeah, he, another guy, you know, he hoped 
you know, everybody adored him, loved him, but he's obviously been going through something. You know, you hope that they get the, the help that they deserve and hopefully they can get their life back on track and, you know, find a way to better better voice those opinions or whatever it is to just, you know, be a good member of society and don't say outlandish shit that can affect a lot of people. I mean, it's a pretty fucked up comment to say. And, you know, Antonio Brown, going back to his situation, he's just screws loose somewhere, man. You feel bad for the guy, but at some point he's somebody's got to help him, you know, or he's got to put that hand out for himself and help himself because something's definitely ain't right there as of late. Kicking back to college football, though, Will Levis has announced that he has entered the draft, which to me, I'm like, why? Why, dude? If somebody drafts him, I've been talking shit, so much shit about him this year. If somebody drafts him, it's so fucking stupid. I, I don't get, I don't see it. He has not played that good, in my opinion. It's mostly because he's big and they think that he has a big arm, but I don't know. I, I'm a firm believer that if you put good product out on the field at the college level, I'm not saying he'd be a national champion because it's like Stetson Bennett. He's not going to be an NFL draft prospect. I don't know if his his the way that he's played football at Georgia doesn't really translate to the NFL. Whereas, you know, there's guys out there that, like Drake May is a perfect example. The guy's, I think, going to be a great pro. His team went 9-3 and three this year, and he had a couple of hiccups and missteps, but for the most part, still played good all year long, kept him, in, kept him in every game that they were in, pretty much put the team on his back. That's more of a quarterback that I'd lean to in drafting because he can take over those games. You know, he can, he can win you those games that you're not supposed to win. He can keep you alive. He can... You know, he can save the defense. You know, he can do so many things. And I just don't see that with Will Levis. He had a good year last year, but this year I just, to me, I don't see it. They haven't played very well. So, I don't know. I don't think it's the best move for him. Tom Herman, former Houston Cougars head coach and Texas Longhorns head coach, was just hired by uh, Florida Atlantic today. I think it's a good hire, you know. The thing, the craziest thing is, man, is Tom Herman was twenty-two and four at Houston. He only lost four games at Houston. Absolutely dominant football. You know, they were very good in the athletic athletic conference. You know, they were making New Year's. I think they made a New Year's Six bowl. They made the conference championship like every year. He did an awesome job there. Went to Texas. You know, his record at Texas was thirty-two and eighteen over his time there. And it wasn't a bad era. I mean, they were up and down. They couldn't quite figure it out, but they were still bringing in recruits. You know, I don't. I don't know if he was necessarily the issue. I think he's a a very good head coach, and I think, you know, him going to a place like Florida Atlantic, you know, transfer portal, NIL, you know, he can get FAU to be in a really solid program and whatever conference they're in. I can't remember if it's the CUSA or I think it's CUSA. Whatever conference they're in, you know, he can get them travel going up in the right direction. So it's a good hire, and I think he's going to be back at a Power 5 job pretty soon, more than likely. And by far, probably one of the coolest things I saw over the past couple of days was I actually saw this today. It's four players that are participating in the Cheez It Bowl. I believe two players from each team are going to get to stay in a Cheez It themed room. It's Cheez It everything, you know. Somebody, somebody said, "I'm feeling the cheesiest coach," you know, like the fucking commercial, which is absolutely hilarious. But it's a little NIL deal related to that, so pretty cool. I I wish you know it's it sucks when you see other people's. Lives play out how you want yours to, you know. That was my dream to always stay in a cheese it room. I love cheeses. I just ate a bunch of whole, a whole bunch of hot cheese, hot and spicy cheeses last night, and fucking cut up my gums because I was like, I can't stop eating these fucking things. That's how much I love cheeses, and I just wish that I could have the chance to stay in a cheese it room. That would make me a very happy young man. So, cheese it hit me up. Last little sporting news. Well, uh, yeah, last little sporting news here. 
from the UFC world. Patty Batty, Patty the Batty, said in a recent interview that uh, him and Conor McGregor would be the highest selling pay per view ever, which is a thousand million percent true. If Patty the Batty and Conor McGregor were fighting main event, dude, that would be the tickets to get in to watch that fight would be ridiculous. I mean, Conor's been an icon for so long, you know. Patty's, you know, he's pretty much the next icon in the making because, you know, young he appeals to young kids. He appeals, he just appeals to everybody. The guy's absolutely hilarious, and he backs it up with his fighting. You know, he blows up, and then he gets gets in shape for fights. People love that about him. He's an absolute internet personality. You know, working with Barstool Sports at the same time, so that would be an unreal pay per view, dude. It would be absolutely ridiculous. It would. Millions of dollars the UFC would make. I bet they'll make it happen after saying that because there's probably going to be some other people talking about it. I'm sure people that have more than 10 listeners on their podcast, you know. So, but if you didn't hear that, you heard it here first, folks. Little, uh, little news from the new Avatar movie coming out. Uh, members of James Cameron's crew said that they had to make awooga sounds at him in order to get his attention. And, uh, Cameron followed it up by saying, I didn't even acknowledge them unless they did the awuga. So that's just what you do when you're a man of power. You just do what you got to do. But by far one of the biggest pieces of news the past day or two has to be Elon Musk saying publicly that, or releasing information. I don't necessarily know. I couldn't find like a video of him saying anything. I just saw the one video that was going around. But saying that Twitter had basically interfered with the election. You know, they were pushing the agenda of the candidate that they wanted to get in, not both candidates, stuff like that. You know, the stuff that Donald Trump had been saying forever, the stuff that people, the people that rioted on the Capitol on January 6th have been saying. Seems to me like it's true. I mean, I've been waiting for some news like this to come out of Twitter from Elon Musk, you know. One guy said it perfectly. He didn't buy a company. He bought a freaking crime scene because I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff in there that's uh, not going to be good for Twitter, not going to be good for certain members of Congress and stuff like that, you know, people affecting the way we see things. I, I've always thought that there was always been some type of big brother thing that kind of censors what we see, and I think that's – I want a world where, you know, there is no real censorship, I guess. I, You know, fucking cuss words, like cunt and fucking shit, like stuff like that, even, you know – Obviously not the derogatories, but there's stuff like that, you know. Like Use those words. Have those discussions about why racism is bad. Have those discussions about why these certain people did that and why why they did that was wrong, you know. I think if we have less censorship, we can actually build a so much, a much better world, I guess. Not so much better of a world, a much better world. You know, I think that that's something that needs to be incorporated into every social media platform. There's no censorship. No sen- I mean... There are certain things, of course, you, you know, you don't want to show your young children sex stuff and stuff like that. You don't want to get into that and all that stuff. That stuff needs to stay out of the way. Like a more freeing Internet is what I guess I'm trying to say, you know, something to where people can have those tough conversa- conversations and people can learn from, you know, people's heartaches about why certain things hurt them. And just I, I think it would make the world a better place if we allow more of that to happen. Now moving on. My mouth is dry as a motherfucker, dude. Now moving on to one love, one hate. This week, I'm loving on gas stations, man. They're just, there's something about gas stations. They have everything you need. You need to get your dick hard, 
you can go to the gas station. You want to get you want to get drunk, you can go to the gas station. You want slushy, you go to the gas station. You want some chocolate or some candy, you go to the gas station. You want soda, you go to the gas station. You want energy drink, you go to the gas station. You want a hot dog that might make you shit your pants later, you go to the gas station. You want to try to win some money, you go to the gas station. And if you for where I'm from in Montana, you could go freaking gamble. They usually have a casino attached. The gas station just has everything you need, man. You could find somebody out there selling weed. You can find somebody out there selling dogs. You can see all sorts of wild shit. You can see fights happen, cops. It's There's nothing like a gas station, man. Gas stations are just the best environment. And then you go up to the counter, and there's either just the sweetest lady in the world who's the nicest person. She says, hey, baby, how you doing? You know, just makes your day better. Or there's some mean old bitch that's just as pissed off, and she's like, what do you want? You know, like, fuck you. Or you get the fat, lazy guy that's like just stares at you the whole time, just dead in the eyes, and he knows he hates his job, but his mom made him get this job, and now he's like, I don't want to be off the couch, I just want to be at home playing Modern Warfare 3. You have those guys, and you know, they just suck. Or then you have the, the super energetic guys that are just super happy to have a job because at one point in their life they were probably addicted to crack. There's nothing like a gas station. 100% love a gas station. One of my favorite things on earth. Hands down. Easy. This week, though, sticking with stuff that you find out on the road, I'm hating on stupid drivers. Just the people that do not know how to drive. You know, the people that cut you off because they had all of a sudden be in this other lane when you saw them when they were behind you, get over, get stuck, and then have to get back over. It's like you should have just stayed in your lane the whole time. Like, why you got to go around me? We're going the same fucking speed. Or the people that don't pull all the way out when the light's green, but the green arrow's gone. You're sitting there waiting, so at least when you get the chance, you can at least get yourself through so they're not all sitting here waiting. Makes our life easier. I just hate stupid people, you know, people that back up traffic because they cut you off. Living here in Baton Rouge has really taught me that traffic is really just stupid people because they cut they cut you off and they just don't know how to drive. Just don't know how to drive, man. I hate stupid, I hate stupid drivers. That's it. Now moving on to the conference championship games. A little bit of preview, a little bit of gambling advice that's uh, probably not going to work because it never does. I might try to cook up one more Pray for Chaos parlay if I can find five picks to just make the world go round. Well, let's get into it. North Texas UTSA battle for the CUSA championship. Jeff Trailer, head coach at UTSA, is really, really, really putting together quite a couple, good couple of years here at UTSA. Back-to-back, you know, conference championship appearances won it last year they've been doing really well i mean he they're four and eight the year he was before before he got there then seven and five and then 11 and two or 12 and one even i think this last year now they're 10 and two like they're just they're tearing it up they're playing awesome football he's probably gonna see his name floated around especially if he wins on saturday gets another conference championship under his belt if uh any uh more power five jobs open his name is probably going to be one of them that gets talked about because he's He's doing a really good job there lately. And that being said, I don't think North Texas really has a shot in this game. I mean, they are really – UTSA, the Roadrunners, are a really good football team. I think the spread's at 8.5, so I'm, I'm going UTSA minus 8.5. Probably even the over on that one too because UTSA can score points. I mean, there are only two losses this year were to Houston and Texas. You know, Houston was fighting for the AAC championship, and Texas was fighting for the Big 12 championship this year. So, I mean, two really solid losses. They've been a really good team this year. Number 11, number 4, Utah-USC. 
a lot on the line for this game in U- for USC. You know, Pac-12 title, playoff spot. More importantly, you know, most people think that if they lose, they're more than likely out, which I think is probably the case. You know, and man, I just can't. You know, after the news about the college football playoff expanded twelve, I just can't can't not think about this game meaning so much. Actually, I mean, it means a lot to USC this year, and yes, it means a lot to Utah. You know. Winning your conference championship is a big deal, you know, especially for USC. You know, they want to they wanna get that revenge for Utah and beating them earlier in the season by one point. You know, I think it's going to be a hell of a game, hell, hell of a game. It's going to come down. I really don't know who's going to win. I could see Utah getting the job done. I could see USC getting back over that hump. But I'm going to go for the over at 66.5, you know. But you know, I think that I a lot of points. I mean, the last one was like 44 or 43. So I'm just I'm expecting a lot of points again. Or 45-44, I think, was the score. I don't know. Whatever. But, you know, going back to if this was a 12-team playoff right now, this game would mean so much. USC having a chance to, you know, solidify they get that round one bye, which, could you know, is going to be a huge advantage, huge, huge opportunity because you get your team a little bit more rest, a little bit more prepared possibly, you know, or it could be a bad thing. I think we're going to see one team stumble because of it. You know, but even if they lost USC, would know that they're in. You know, they're just fighting for that, that bye at least, you know. Whereas Utah, it's like if they lose, there's a more than like high possibility they're probably pushed out of that top 12. You know, especially there's a couple upsets in conference championship week, you know, a couple things like that. If they don't make that cut, you know, they win, then they're guaranteed to go in. Like, yes, it's cool for Utah this year to win the conference championship, but wouldn't it be cooler if it means you get a chance to play in the playoff, chance to compete for a national championship? It'd mean a lot more. I, I feel like there'd be a lot more hype around this game because there's not a lot of hype around any of these conference championship games probably other than Utah and USC. Number three, game of the week, conference championship. Number 10, Kansas State versus number three, TCU, the motherfucking Horned Frogs, you know. Same thing I was just saying, you know, about Utah-USC. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's really, you know, TCU beat Kansas State early in the season, but are they going to be able to do it again? You know, a lot of times the past few years, we haven't seen seen that happen with a lot of teams. You know, get the chance to beat the team to beat you, beat them twice. Beat them? Nope, can't get it done. So, and I think Kansas State's going to come out playing with a lot of fucking intensity on this one. You know, they want to win the Big 12 championship as well. I mean, I think it's going to be a really, really hard-fought game. I really like the over here, but I am going to ride with the Horned Frogs. I want them to win. It's at minus 2.5. I like that. I think they can win by 3-5. to five. I think it's going to be high-scoring affair, though, and I'd probably switch to the over come Saturday morning. But, you know, the same thing. Another game right here. That would mean so much more. TCU with a chance to lock up a bye. You know, you want that bye. You want that round one bye. Kansas State, you know, could possibly do the same thing. If a couple upsets fall their way, you know, they're only sitting at number 10. They could slide up there, take first round bye, get a little bit more rest, get more recuperated. You know, but same thing as Utah. Kansas State could be on the outside looking in, but where they have a chance to win the conference championship, maybe slip in, take a bye. I just think it means so much more. The old MAC championship, Toledo versus Ohio. I don't know much about this game. Um, I'm going with Ohio. I've, I've heard good things about their offense, so I'm just going to go on Ohio money line. Toledo's favored, but I'm going to go with the Bobcats there. <clears throat> Coastal versus Troy. Coastal, you know, their head coach, Jamie Chadwell. Same situation as Jeff Trailer at UTSA. He's put together quite a solid resume. Quite a solid resume. Put together a Quite a few really good, solid years these past couple of years. You know, they won the Sun Belt last year, only lost one game. They they beat BYU in 2020. 
Like they've been unreal. Grayson McCall at quarterback. I he's he's to me one of those college quarterbacks that I think is you know a lot better than people realize. You know, I was kind of talking about earlier those those under the radar quarterbacks who really lead their team to a solid season. I think that I think Grayson McCall could really excel at the NFL level possibly. I, the kid's just an absolute stud. All that being said, Troy has been really really good this year. Their offense has been really good, but. I'm just rocking with the Coastal Carolina vibes, man. Coastal Coastal money line again. Just, get, just rocking with vibes for those boys. I love their uniforms too. Coastal uniforms are probably one of my favorite in all of college football. The old SEC championship, number fourteen LSU, number one Georgia. LSU has beat Georgia three out of four times in the past, since two thousand. Every time they've played in the college football playoff or played in the SEC championship, LSU's won three out of four. Georgia was last year's national champs. I mean, they've been playing good this year. I've thought that they're beatable. LSU's had an up and down year. But I've seen with this team this year that, you know, they'll play a bad, play a bad game or two, you know, then they kind of get back on track, play like two, three really unbelievable games have a dip and then play two really good games and then have a little bit of a dip again and then just play two more really good games, which I think we're, we're trending in that direction right now. I think LSU is going to win. I'm just going to take LSU money line either way because I'm just going to rock with my Tigers. I don't really care what anyone has to say. I know Georgia's good, but I think they're beatable. I think LSU will beat them. I mean, I could be proven wrong. Georgia could just absolutely beat the dog shit piss out of LSU like they did to fucking Tennessee. That's probably more than likely going to happen, but I don't think it is. But, you know, same thing. Another game that would mean so much more with college football playoff at 12 teams. I mean, Georgia, they're like, yeah, we're number one, but if we don't win this game, we could slide out of having – they're going to slide out of having a bye. You don't want to see that if you're Georgia. You know, you've been number one most of this season. And then LSU, you know, sitting at 14, you know, screwed themselves out of a spot if they were to have not lost Texas A&M. You know, now they're like, shit, we got to play – got to win this game and we're in the playoff you know so then they could possibly still buy as well just absolute chaos if that was to ensue man i just wish that we had a 12 team pay playoff right now sucks mountain west conference championship fresno state boise state don't know too much about these teams i know about jake hayner at fresno state i really like him so that's why i'm, I'm taking fresno state money line on that one more of a trust trust pick i guess i'm just trusting in the bulldogs of fresno state to get the job done AAC Championship, UCF, Tulane. Um, winner gets into the New Year's Six Bowl. So I think this is going to be a really good one. Tulane's been playing really good football this year. Willie Fritz has had the Green Wave waving goodbye to their opponents because they've been kicking ass. They've been playing really good, but Gus Malzahn, I mean, he's a very good head coach. I don't know why Auburn ever got rid of him, but he's been doing awesome at UCF. So I think it's going to be a really, really good one, but I feel like it's Tulane's year. I'm going Tulane minus 3.5, mostly for the fact, you know, UCF already beat Tulane this year. Like I've been saying, it's tough to beat teams twice, so that's why I'm taking Tulane minus two and a half or three and a half on that one. Sorry. Purdue, Michigan, hands down the most boring of the Power Five conference championships. Blake Horn was out for the season. That's kind of the biggest news from this game. Um, out for the remainder of the season it was reported today by Ian Rappaport. You know, for me, I'm like. Saw that you know Michigan did all right without him last week, but I still never had a, too much faith in that Ohio State defense. 
So, you know, just if, if Michigan gets in the playoff, which they more than likely will, even with a bad Purdue loss, they'd probably still get in. If they play a team that is very good on defense like Georgia, what does that do for them offensively? You know, they don't – I mean, Donovan Edwards is a stud, but Blake Corm has churned a lot of that offense. It's a little different, in my opinion, playing a rivalry game than it is playing a college football playoff game. So a little bit more juiced up, I would say, for the rivalry game, in my opinion. But, you know, this is a this is a classic Jeff Brom spot, man. 3-0 and against top five teams at his time at Purdue. I called one earlier this year. I don't even remember. Was it Illinois? I don't remember who it was. I think it was Illinois. You know, Jeff Brom just somehow pulls off these crazy upsets, these miraculous upsets against these top-tier teams. First, I mean, Purdue's playing for a lot here. I mean, Big Ten Championship, you know, took down the number two team in the country to do it. Why not? I'm riding Purdue money line. Honestly, I think that the think I think the Boymakers are going to get it done. But man, think about this one in a in a fucking twelve team playoff format. Purdue right now unranked, unranked. But if they win on Saturday, they're in the college football playoff. Like what? Like that? That's the dream, man. That's the dream. That's the dream. Last one, the ACC championship, Clemson versus North Carolina. Not a lot to play here for for the ACC as a whole. You know, winners not getting in the playoff. You know, I mean, just yeah. I I I'm going UNC money line. I think North Carolina will win. Um, I think Clemson's kind of I don't know. I think DJ if they start DJ, I don't think that they're going to be as as good as they could be. You know, and North Carolina, you know, they've had a couple bad couple games here. The offense hasn't seen to been been getting going. So I think they're going to turn it up. I think North Carolina is going to win the game. But, man, this is this is probably one that I think about the most if we had a 12-team playoff right now. You know, Clemson at 9, North Carolina at 23. Clemson, you know, they're, like, sitting at 9. They have a high chance of getting in if they were to lose. But at the same time, if a little bit of chaos ensues, you know, North Carolina beats them, that takes up a spot. They can't afford to lose so that they can secure their spot in the playoff, you know, possibly get a bye. And North Carolina, same thing, get into the playoff. Go get – Go get just go get in win your conference. It's just ah, I can't wait. I can't wait for that, dude. I think conference championship weekend is gonna mean so much more in just a couple years. I cannot fucking wait for it. Top five NFL games of the week. Jets Vikings, big game for both these teams. You know, it's not a prime time game, so Kirk's not gonna be playing bad. He's probably gonna tear it up. Mike White, you know, I don't he had a good week last week. A lot of his yards looked to me like they were from yards after catch. I didn't do too much research. I'm never going to do too much research. I'm a fucking loser like that. But I think this is a game the Vikings are going to win. I don't think that uh, Mike White's going to have a have a good week this week. I just have a feeling deep down in my plums. So Vikings minus three. And I don't feel like Mike White is, is the sustainable is the word I wanted to use. That's the word I wanted to use. Commanders, Giants, man, a good old-fashioned NFC beast matchup. A game that could really decide the season for these teams. You know, they're fighting right now for a playoff spot. I think whoever wins, you know, it should be looked at as a legit contender to finish down here in the stretch and get a spot in the playoffs. I really like the commanders here. I've, I really like the energy that Heineke's brought to the team, and it seems to be working. I feel like they're going to keep churning. I think they're going to pull this one out. It's going to be a hard-fought game, but I'm going commanders minus 2.5. I'm, I'm just going with the Heineke factor, man. That's that's what's making, That's what's getting me going. Titans versus Eagles. I gotta get a drink of water. All this talking drives my mouth out. Titans, Eagles. Can 
the Titans slow down the Eagles on either side of the ball, offense or defense? Or can they keep up with them? You know, can they stop the Eagles defensively? Because the Eagles offense has been spectacular all year. Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level, absolutely been dominant. You know, they have so many weapons on offense. They find ways to just get the job done. Titans, you know, they're shaky on defense. They've played good games. They've played bad games. They give up, they've given up a lot of points. You know, they've held teams held teams throughout games, very low-scoring games. And then on their side of the ball, it's like the Eagles defense has given up a lot of points. The Eagles defense has played shutout football. I mean, they played dominant defense. And the Titans, same thing on offense. They've been unreal on offense, put up a ton of points. Derrick Henry's been rolling other days, they just lay duds, they lay zeros. They just can't seem to get anything going too much. But still, because their defense bails them out, they are able to get the win. So for me, I think this is just a really a really interesting game here. It's going to come down to which, just who plays better, who, who comes out more inspired. I'm just going to go with Eagles minus 4.5. It seems really low. It seems far, but I just see the Eagles winning like a 35-30 ball game, honestly, is my guess. Dolphins, 49ers, you know, Mike McDaniel versus Kyle Shanahan, the protege versus the mentor. You know, Mike McDaniel obviously was on Kyle Shanahan's staff the past couple of years, and now he's with the Dolphins head coach there, you know, kind of playing a lot of similar football. Both teams have been playing really good. Both teams' offense have been looking really good. Defensively, they've been playing really good. I couldn't take the spread here. I'm taking the money line probably for the 49ers. It's at minus – it's at minus 215. It just feels better to me. I think the 49ers win that one, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe even the over. Maybe even the under. I don't know. It's a tough one, but I'm just excited about it. I think it'll be a, a good duel and a, a really fun game to watch. Chiefs, Bengals. Last game, last note for the week, last, last note for the show. The Bengals have beat the Chiefs the pat, twice last year. Talked about it earlier. It's really hard to beat a team twice. Bengals have owned the Chiefs. They've stopped the Chiefs. They've dethroned the Chiefs last year. You know, can they do it again this year? I mean, they're playing really good football right now. Joe Burrow's playing really good football, but it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. But I, I feel like the Bengals are the Chiefs' kryptonite. For that case and that reason alone, I'm going Bengals money line. Joe Burrow's getting the job done, man. Jamar's might be back. I don't know. Don't matter. They got T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon might be back. I don't know. Don't matter. Bengals are going to find a way to get the job done. But that's today's show. I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Send to somebody that's a degenerate gambler like yourself if that's why you're listening because it's more than like the way you are because you like to gamble like me. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Send to your friends, family, whatever, your moms, your dads, your sisters. But I love you. But for now, your boy Titties is out. <laughs>